0: Now, in German, the book of Acts is being called Apostelgeschichte. That means the history of the apostles, what they did. And that's wonderful. And I want to continue. You remember I uh, stopped last time. I preached here on Acts chapter 10, the first part, where God sent Peter to A man, and we had this man's name mentioned already, an Italian man, Cornelius. And I want to continue this um, story and what God did and what Peter preached. Let's go to the Bible in Acts chapter 10 and the verses 34 to 48. Now we know the story. Peter, he had to get um, a a vision from the Lord. And my dear brother Sam mentioned something. That what God has cleansed, don't you call unclean. And you know it refers to what Peter saw. This um, uh, cloth coming down with all these unclean animals. And it's happened three times to him. And then finally, God prepared a way for him that when he had this vision and he heard downstairs there are some people from Caesarea and they came and they were asking for Peter. And he said, here I am. And he went with them. And now Peter came uh, finally to Caesarea. And I'm going to read from verse 34. What happened when Peter started preaching and so on. We can learn something out of that. Verse 34. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You yourself know the things which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all these things he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible not all not to all the people but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God that is to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead and he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead? Of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Hallelujah there was a wonderful Pentecostal assembly Peter had there, for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him, to stay on for a few days. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you also, Lord, for this, what Peter did in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, that we can learn from that what you gave him to preach. Hallelujah. And I pray, Lord, that you may bless us this morning. I pray, give grace to speak your word. I pray also give grace to receive your word. And I pray also, Lord, that we might have grace to act upon your wonderful word. We bless your wonderful name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we know, according to um, Hebrews chapter 1, 14, that angels are ministering spirits. Now, Cornelius, he saw an angel. And, unfortunately, the angel could not preach the gospel. God uses people who have experienced the gospel to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. It was Peter. This angel didn't mention anything, but he only said sent for Peter that he should come because the gospel of Jesus Christ was committed unto the apostles. Amen? Hallelujah. Not to angels. And we see it very clearly. Paul is withstanding clearly any angel who would come and preach a different gospel. He will be accused or anathema. That means condemned because the gospel only could be preached by those who have experienced it and who live in the gospel. Hallelujah. Now the angel saw just, or the angel was just as um, somebody who organized the coming together of Peter and Cornelius. In Galatians chapter 1 8, Paul says, But even if we or an angel come and preach another gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. Very interesting. And we see it in history very clearly, that angels are not messengers of preaching the gospel. Unfortunately, I believe that uh, Muhammad hijacked that name, Gabriel. According to the Quran, it was the angel Gabriel. I don't know that he was the angel in the Old Testament. perhaps, he might have hijacked that name in order to make it believable because Gabriel was an angel in the Old Testament to the people of Israel, amen? And we see it very clearly. And we know the false teaching who came to him. That's why an angel is not necessarily a guarantor for the rightness of the gospel. It has to be experienced and has to be preached. The gospel has been committed unto the apostles. Amen? And that's very important. Or a so-called angel Moroni. Have you heard of him? A so-called angel of uh, the name Moroni. He misled Joseph Smith big time. Big time. Angels are not preachers of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the preachers are those who have experienced the gospel, and that's why we can preach it believable, because we know what the gospel is and we have experienced it. very clearly. Now, Peter finally got to Cornelius in verse 33, verse 33 uh, um, B. Now, then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Cornelius knew that Peter is going to preach what he had been commanded by the Lord. And even if Peter would have preached something different, he would have been a heretic. But Peter preached very clearly. And the things which he preached, we must preach. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. As I said, God committed the gospel unto the apostles. And one thing Peter said when he started his sermon, Now I know God is not someone who shows partiality. He is not only for Israel there. He is for everyone there. And that's what he said very clearly. That God does not show partiality. And as Paul also said in Romans chapter 2, very clearly, the verses 11 to 13. For there is no partiality with God. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law, will be judged by the law. For it is not the one who hears it, the law, who is just before God, but the doer of the law will be justified. There is no difference. God does not prefer one or the other. And he said basically, now I know God is not showing partiality to anyone. We are all equal before God. The way you are now here, that's the way God sees you. There's before God no partiality. I remember when I was still in Germany ministering and um, often I commuted between Germany and Holland. And uh, when I came back to Germany, so I had to go through the uh, control, passport control, and stuff like that, and custom. And there was one question to me this custom officer said, Do you have cigarettes? I didn't know that pastors would have cigarettes. I believe pastors are being set free from any bondage hallelujah. I said, no, I'm a pastor. I thought you would now understand I'm not smoking. He said, here at the custom, they're all equal. It doesn't matter where you are and who you are. We are all equal, and that's with God. With God, we are all equal. There's no difference. And Paul says very clearly, the ones you have sinned without law, will be condemned and perish without law. And the one who have sinned through the law, and even while they were under the law, they will be judged by the law. Very clear. Sin is sin. And righteousness is righteousness. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter whether a Jew have sinned or has sinned then he is a Jewish sinner. Or a Gentile. If he or she has sinned, then he or she is a Gentile sinner. Full stop. That's what the Bible says. God is not partial in any way. And even if a Pentecostal lives in sin, it is sin. God doesn't make a difference. Well, oh yeah, yeah, you you were once filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's why uh, everything is okay. No, no. He who sins has sinned and is before God a sinner, regardless who we are. Very important. Did you know that even we as Christians can be condemned with the world? Have you read it once? Yes? Whenever we come to the communion table, and Paul is speaking very clearly in 1 Corinthians Chapter 11, verses 31 and 32. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. There is a condemnation along the world. That means Christians who are living in sin and not right relationship with the Lord, they will be condemned with the world. There is no partiality before God. God is fair in every way. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, do we Pentecostals have credits by God If we sin, it's not that bad. No. Sin is sin. It doesn't matter what it is. If a Christian would drink some poison, would he die or not? What do you reckon? But he's a Christian. Unless, unless, as it is the situation we read in Mark 16. That means if people who are against us would give us poisonous drinks in order to kill us. Then we see the laws will protect us and it will not harm them. You know this story about the Apostle Paul, when he came to this island and he was getting a few sticks and there was a serpent and it bit him and all the people of the island said, Well he He must be a bad, bad, bad man because he has been escaped the storm and now he is here and he will die. And he didn't die. Why? He was in the mission of the Lord and that's what God promised them in in Mark 16. If they drink something deadly, then it will not harm them. But it doesn't matter if you are born again or not. If you sin, you are a sinner. Perhaps a worldly sinner and perhaps a Pentecostal sinner. There is no difference. Isn't it wonderful? Peter says, now God shows no partiality Why should God do so? If God would show partiality, God is not fair and not right. And we see, even if we get disciplined by the Lord, there is a purpose for it. Now we see here, Peter preached Jesus the Christ in verse 38. You know of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now Jesus was anointed and that made him the Messiah. That means the anointed one. He preached Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, is the Messiah Jesus Christ Now Jesus and the devil do not coexist freely or uh, peacefully The Bible says very clearly in John 1 verse 5 The light shines into the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it The darkness did not overpower it. And we all know it. If it's dark and you switch on the light, how much darkness can stay there? Nothing. Because the light is powerful. And that's why also John the Apostle wrote clearly in 1 John 3, 8b, The Son of God appeared for this purpose. For what purpose did Jesus appear into this world? In order to create a new religion? No, wrong. He came in order to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen? Hallelujah. Where Jesus comes into our life, there the kingdom of God is being established. Hallelujah. That's why I live in the kingdom of God. Amen? There's no cooperation in any way. And Satan has been defeated totally. You know the story that went around a few years ago from, uh, you know, this German evangelist in Africa, Reinhard Bonke, And people preached also some African preached in the churches and they said, well, the devil has no feet. And the Bonke heard it and he said, well, what are you preaching? The devil has no feet. Yeah, well, you always said and preached the devil has been defeated, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. (laughs) Satan has been defeated and that's what John said very clearly, for this very purpose Jesus came in order to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. We see very clearly that there where the kingdom of God is being established, Satan's kingdom has been wrecked. Hallelujah. Now well, we see very clearly Jesus the Messiah and we have in Isaiah ch- chapter 61 verse 1 the verse there and it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to the prisoners. Hallelujah. Freedom to the, uh, to, uh, to the prisoners. And we read very clearly also in Isaiah chapter 14. You know where the fall of Satan is being mentioned. And it says, Satan, and he did not set his captive free. Satan never ever let him go unless Jesus comes. Amen. Never ever. If Satan has bound you in any way, I tell you, he will not let you go. The Bible says, but Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Now, we see clearly Peter preached also the cross. And he said, we are witnesses of these things in verse 39. He did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. Do you see how clearly Peter preached? How clearly a gospel with the cross, not a gospel without cross. A gospel without cross is no gospel at all. And Peter, he preached it, made it very clear that he was killed, that he was put to death by hanging him on a cross. If anyone knows about the cross, it is Peter. He was there and he looked at Jesus. He saw what happened on a cross. The cross is and remains the centerpiece of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And Paul went so far and said, well, I don't know anything to preach unless Christ, how then, crucified. Hallelujah. In the cross I will glory. In the cross is my salvation. In the cross is the salvation of the whole world. Hallelujah. Now what happened on the cross? Peter remembered it very clearly and in in his letter he writes, 1 Peter 2, verse 24, And he himself bore our sins in his body to the cross, for by his wounds we are healed. It not only refers to physical healing. But healing also, healing with God, being in peace, in relationship with God. And you know the word peace, what it means? Not only shalom, I know. It means you are speaking again with each other. A couple that doesn't speak to each other and if you visit them, and there's no exchange with words, you know exactly what, this, what happened there. There's war, a war zone. You know exactly, something is wrong. You can't put your finger on, but something is wrong. But when peace comes, when everything is all right, then you speak again with you. And that's what it is. Peace means... We can speak with God now. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing hinders us any longer. Now, what happened on this cross? On this cross happened Jesus paid our sins for our sins. And he paid the debt of our sins. What happened on the cross is very clearly God was in charge the whole time. The cross was not an accident. The cross was not a victory of Satan. The cross is the victory of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He has conquered. He said it is finished. It has been paid everything. Many, many, many years ago when I was a young Christian, I heard a preacher from Holland. And he preached something like that. When Jesus died on the cross, Satan was happy to receive the blood of Jesus. What a wrong teaching. God wasn't charged. Whose lamb was it that was sacrificed on the cross? Whose lamb was it? God's lamb, amen. It belonged to God. And that's why John the Baptist said Behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, amen. Satan didn't have any benefit on the cross. His head was crushed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Our sister is missing, or she is missing here this morning. We have got a lovely sister. She always sits here on the corner, behind my wife. And if you come preaching close to the cross, and there's one word she loves. Anybody knows what she loves? It is finished. And if you come to that point in preaching, then you should see here, it is finished. Amen. It is finished. Hallelujah. God has, oh, God was in charge, and not the devil. It was the Lamb of God. Now also Jesus, and that's what Peter preached, Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. And he said there in Acts chapter 10, 42 and 43. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that he is the one who has been appointed by God as judge. That means, in other words, everybody will be judged by Jesus. The living and the dead. He is speaking the last word. And if he speaks the last word and has forgiven all your sins, hallelujah, hallelujah. Imagine standing before a judge in the court and a judge would say, well, all your, your things, what you did, have been paid for. What would you say? Hallelujah! I would say Hallelujah. No condemnation from the judge anymore. No condemnation from Jesus anymore. And he says, and for all the prophets in the Old Testament—that's what I say now. All the prophets spoke of Him. Hallelujah! Everywhere in the Old Testament, the Bible points to Jesus. Christ, hallelujah. Jesus is the one who can forgive sin and took our sins to the cross. Now something happened. When this was preached by Peter, and when he said, verse 43, of him all the prophets bear witness That through his name everyone who believes in him receives what? Forgiveness of, forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Have your sins been forgiven? Amen. Hallelujah. All my sins have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Whether the devil liked it or not. God doesn't care. He has forgiven my sin, because as I came as a sinner to God, forgive all my sins, O oh Lord. I was then 13 years of age, and then the joy came into my heart. I knew my sins are forgiving or forgiven. Something happened in this very moment, and I believe during the preaching of Peter, faith arose in everyone, the whole household, in Cornelius as well, his soldiers who were there, his servants all were there, and when they heard that in the name of Jesus all sins have been forgiven, hallelujah, you know what happened? It was not just a nice speech or a nice talk. There's one thing I don't like. Don't come to me if the sermon was touching you and say, Pastor Werner, there was a good talk. No, I'm not talking, I'm preaching. Amen, hallelujah. I'm preaching. And if the word of God touched you, then I will receive it. It was a good Sermon, preaching. Now, while he was preaching, while while Peter was still speaking, these words the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message and they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 45. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter we are amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles as also. For they were hearing them what? I do believe in speaking in tongues. Amen. And I also do believe in speaking in tongues as a message to the church with interpretation. That's so important. Hallelujah, I believe. And Peter and all those sort. Then, verse 46, For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Speaking in tongues can sometimes also be exalting God. Amen? Do you know what I mean? Have you ever experienced something like that? You were in some sort of need and you didn't know the words to speak because the need on your heart was so overburdening you. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came and you started to speak in tongues and praising the Lord. Hallelujah. That is biblical. Amen? That is biblical. It happened here. They were praising God. God or exalting God and then Peter answered because he was not finished as yet although it was a wonderful Pentecostal meeting it was not finished yet surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did can he and he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus then they asked him to stay for a few more days. Hallelujah. I could imagine Peter full of joy. The people full of joy. Full of joy. There was something happening. The spirit was moving. People were speaking in other tongues. Perhaps also some had an interpretation Off their tongues. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say there. But one thing happened. The joy of the Lord and joy of the Holy Spirit fell upon these people. Amen. Hallelujah. And then Peter said, well, afterwards, we are going to have a baptismal service. They all got baptized. Hallelujah. And Peter stayed there a few more days. What did they do in these few more days? Anybody, any idea? Pardon? Yes. Teaching the Word of God. Oh, what Bible studies there might have been. What prayer meetings. Hallelujah. A whole group, a new church. Filled with the Holy Spirit. What a prayer meeting. What a prayer meeting. Hallelujah. Cornelius, this Italian. We have got some Italian people here. Yes. He was the first Pentecostal. Cornelius. The first Italian Pentecostal. Hallelujah. How wonderful. How wonderful. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for the word. I thank you, Lord, for what Peter preached. He preached your wonderful word. And your word, O Lord, is so clear. Your word came to pass the way you wanted it to be preached. And thank you, Lord. And you know our hearts as well. Father, I pray that everybody here this morning might have a desire to get to know you more and more. And those, who Lord, who are not yet being filled with the Holy Spirit, according to that what we just read and preached, Lord, I pray you can do it. You can do it, Lord that faith in you might grow up. I thank you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.